the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The voice of Ric Flair. Good morning, everyone, on a Saturday. 710 KNUS. Do it again, Rick. It's a Sunday, 63, and Monday, 65 degrees. Thanks for being here. That was a wonderful hour. I mean, I, I put uh, the amount of time and the effort. You read the, read the book and have somebody like Harry with you and bringing Darrow in made that a wonderful hour of talk radio. Next Saturday, we're going to do the entire show on the uh, on the Kennedy assassination. There's a lot of new information out, and we got great historians lined up. So looking forward to that. 303-696-1971. Lines are full. We'll just go to open lines and get the job done. Uh, we'll start at the top with Rusty. Hey, Rusty, thank you, man. You're on the radio show. Hey, Peter. Um, first, I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, Veteran Today, shout-out to my uh, my son, Chai, who served uh, three tours in Iraq and oh, man. Uh, lost seven buddies in a horrible IED explosion, Oof. but he's doing okay now. So Good for shout him. out to him. But um, I'd, I'd love to have 30 to 45 seconds to develop this before you jump in, because okay. I know you like right. to jump in, and that's okay. Um, I'm, I'm a worldly person. I've traveled extensively in Asia, a lot in Africa, a fair amount in the Middle East, and a bit in Europe. So I'm not coming from a place of ignorance. In fact, I'm coming from a place of knowledge. Um, I just got back from India, and it it really struck home um, how the Islamic hordes have impacted the world over the years. There's a whole, you probably know about the the Mughals and the Mughal invasion and Mughal monuments and, and Mughal dynasty in India. Um, I mean, of course, there's a war that's gone on in in India between Hindus and Muslims for even before the British. Right. Well, that's, you know, not really happening that much now. But, yeah, the the Mughals swept swept across Afghanistan and what is now Pakistan and into India. They came from Persia. Mm -hmm. And this was 1400s to like the 1750s. And then in the in the 1750s or so, the Hindu princely states kind of consolidated and, and largely largely beat them, conquered them. Mm-hmm. But then the British came in and put the fi- final nail in their coffin. But it, just knowing that history was very interesting. And then I also went to a place called Sarnath, uh, not too far in central India, I'll call it. And Sarnath is the home, is where Buddha gave his first sermon. And there's an absolute spectacular museum there of Buddha images and Buddha statues that were present when when the British came in in the 1800s, um, after it had been destroyed by the by the Mughals, and uh, anyway, it was just so sad and so striking to see all of those beautiful statues defaced. Literally, many of them had their faces chipped off. Mm-hmm. They had their heads broken off. Mm-hmm. They had their noses broken, limbs taken off, and that was all done by those fun-loving Mughals. Let's go slow. Could could we go slow for a second? You ever been yeah. to you ever been to France and seen all the statues around churches beheaded? 
Uh, no, I haven't really been to France and seen that, but most of my travels, as I said, have been Okay, but Asia. what I'm saying to you um, is defacing the other man's religion is nothing new. And then in Afghanistan, there was the, it, the, it was called the reclining Buddha. It had been there, and so the the jihadis took no, plastic, they took, they took, yeah. They took pla- were two hundred foot statues that they blew up. Of course, they did, and ISIS did the same thing when getting inside of Syria and other places where there had been a lot of. And a matter of fact, you know, the the library of Alexandria was burned by Christians because it it didn't adhere to the tradition of the time. Doing that kind of thing, but here, let me bring it up to a point where. What are we watching in this country with statues being removed and things being taken away out of books and not being allowed to be spoken about? Do you see some similarities? Of course, I could address that, but that's that's not what I called for. I I just want to I just want to make the point that what happened a thousand years ago, fifteen hundred years ago in India, and happened in southern Europe with the Moorish invasion is happening now. Different tactics is happening in America, and the the people that we're fighting that not we're fighting, but that the Israelis are fighting in in the Gaza, are the same people, and it's not the Palestinians and it's not Hamas, it's Islam, and that's who we are fighting. You can call it what you want, but every one of these situations is against some variant of of radical Islam, and it's it's going to continue and. We have to recognize it before we can do anything about it. When, when the Moors come out of Africa, but already the Christian military had gone across, and the Crusades had begun. It was a there when you when you read history, and it sounds like you have, and you've traveled it. I I tend to see where there's a there's a pendulum effect. There's an there's an effect that one drives back the other will drive back the other. Um, the, uh, the, the, the defeat of the Moors in the, in the gates of Venice, I mean, that was, or uh, Vienna, that was real. That really, really happened. And this give and take in the world. And when, when we've talked many, many, spent hours talking about the, the arrival of Islam in this country or in Europe, and what do you think the way out of that is, Rusty? It's a good call, by the way. Thank you. Uh, well, I, honestly, I feel like Say it. Herr, Trump, Herr Trump had a pretty good solution. We have to extremely vet the people that are coming in from Middle Eastern countries, and we have to con- curtail Middle Eastern immigration. Um, you look in these crowds at the, at the campuses mm-hmm. and in the city, Ninety percent of them look to be of Middle Eastern heritage. When I watch, when I watch those at Cornell, it really reminded me of Heidelberg and Heidelberg University in Germany in like 1936, 35, 37. Um, that same emotional attacks on uh, European Jewry was, well, I, it was taking place again. Only this time, it, it, it's a, it's a continuum in, in in many many ways. 
Yeah, it is a continuum, and that's the point I was trying to make. It hasn't stopped. It occurs in different places. It's occurred in different places mm-hmm. over time. But, and I am, I have a lot of Muslim friends, and I've had a lot of exposure to Muslims, and I, it it saddens me to reach some of these conclusions I've reached. But Islam is, you know, it's it's a religion that has a cancer within sure it, does. Yeah. or or maybe maybe the cancer is the religion. But there's only yeah. in in history there's only three great movements that will convert by the sword. And one of them is Islam, one of them is Christianity, and the other one, the third one, is Marxism. The Marxists, right. have, they have their holy books, they have their prophets, they have, you know, the projections for their, their heaven is on earth, where the others are, their reward comes in your death. But they do. Well, they share that same dynamic. Yeah, and, and I can't. I can't sit here and debate uh, Christians spreading their religion by the sword with you. Oh, they but have. If, I, if, I, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's it really hasn't been that way for five, six hundred years. Oh and, no, and, my, my heavens! When they take the gentle Jesus up the Yangtze River on gunboats during the time of Chang and before. Um, Taking nothing away from it, I'm I'm not judging. I'm just saying, it was done. It was certainly done to the American Indians. It was done, you know, in the arrival of the New World by the Catholic Church. Of course, it was and and done. Um, it, it, there, it, it, it's a dependability that people that need you to believe what they believe, and this message that runs through everybody else's God is a phony, but mine. And it can, it can, as you point out, it gets, it can get into some very horrible places. Right, and I, again, I, I don't feel that the, the pervasiveness uh, and the the depth of what has happened in Islam and is still happening, it's anything close in Christianity in the last several hundred years. I, it happens. Things happen. Well, remember, but, remember the German soldier. Every German soldier had a brass belt buckle that said Gut men uns, God with us. Was that true? You know, the the Nazis were so effed up, the whole thing. No, I don't argue that, but I'm saying that and even when you get to the top and you really read and try and understand what the inner circle believed, it had nothing to do with Christianity. But nevertheless well, exactly. they they sold it. Exactly. And they and, and they weren't really uh, going in and and wreaking the devastation they did over over Christianity. It was about their own ideology, which was not of course. But Mussolini not, was not, Mussolini was a devout uh, yeah. Mussolini was a devout Catholic, saved the right, Vatican, well, created the Vatican. Right. Yeah, I'm not here to defend Christianity. No, I'm not. I know I'm, you're not. I'm saying that when when we look at the world, uh, when us or anybody looks at the world. And I wrote this down on the worksheet. What is the Israeli-Palestinian conflict about? And you know, in you know, twenty-five words or less, and you can't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's doable. And, and now we sit in the middle of this. It's about it's about Islam versus civilized man. The the conflict in Israel-Palestine. It isn't that. It's 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 geo it's geopolitical. It's has all kinds of things that come with it. But 
there are plenty of, remember, there's plenty of Christian Palestinians. And one of the men that I read years ago was named, he's a was a physician named George Habash. And George Habash was really part of all of that, all of the stuff that began in the 50s and 60s. He was a, he was a, he was a Christian. Um, and he's the one that wrote the case that I read for the, for the Palestinians. I, I, that's, you know, one of those things when, when the United States of America goes into a Muslim country, Afghanistan, or goes into a Muslim country like Iraq, it's hard for that case to be made that you're making. Fair enough. Well, that that started. Yeah. That See, started with with their. September 11th. No, they did not. There was no Afghans on those airplanes. Well, where was bin Laden? Bin Laden was, he was in Afghanistan in, in, exactly. in Tora Bora, but he's right. an, he's, he's an we, Arab. Right, but that's why we, I know he's an Arab. He's yeah. a Muslim, fundamentalist Muslim Arab. But, he's but, not in But the, 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 is the, how many, what, what percentage? I mean, there's, in the books you can read, they think maybe 25, 30 people, tops, knew about 9-11. Certainly the Pashtun people who didn't even know where the hell New York was, they got, car- they got you know, destroyed, bombed, everything that went with it. How do, they th- how do you think they look at you now as opposed to? Probably, probably not very favorable. There you go. But, you know, at the same time, they, they harbored... They harbored bin Laden. No, there, oh, there are very few, very, very, very few of those Afghan people. Look, when after the time of the Mujahid, and then out of them came the the Talibs, the, the students that the, they were called the Talibs, and yeah, they were favorable, and they shared that. But they, by and large, ninety five percent of maybe even greater the people in Afghanistan had no clue what they were doing, that these people had anything to do with anything. Have you ever been to the mountainous tribal areas of Pakistan? I have not. I have. Okay. And that's sort of irrelevant, but I have. I just want okay. to tell you. All right. I had, I had some of the most amazing experiences with some of those people. Oh, yeah. Trek, treks for 40 days up sure. to Glacier to K2, hmm. and I don't harbor any ill will towards, towards those people. And it's very unfortunate. Afghanistan, Afghanistan's been in the center of these crossroads for forever. The British, yeah, exactly. everybody, everybody's given it a run. You're right, Rusty. Exactly. What do you what do you do for a living? Um, I import art, antiques, and furniture from Asia. Wow, so decor, decor Asian. Man, do you go to the PRC or do you? I I have. Um, I'm I'm trying to wean myself off of Chinese. They make great furniture, oh, man. and I haven't done a container there now for two years. And that's why I went to in, just went to India was because okay. I'm doing a container. Do you India. do you see the this growth of of a, of a subcontinent Indian state that um, I'm reading this Musk book right now and I'm savoring it, and I got twenty other books I'm reading, but you know that. A lot of these young guys that are working for Musk are Indian. They're brilliant. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're brilliant. I mean, India now, India just surpassed, I think, 1.4 right. million people. That's right. And that's, that's hold your breath, 20% of the world's population. Yep, absolutely. And the other, the other, the other, tw- the other 30 is Chinese. 
So yeah, it's a country that a third of it's a third the size of America, yeah. and it has about four or five times as many people. I, this is such a wonderful call, man. This this door is open. And India is to be reckoned with, but hopefully economically and really, yeah. I think we should cooperate with them. They're oh, absolutely. And there's not. There's certainly is nothing like American hatred in India. I didn't. No. I certainly didn't. No, they're 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 angled at the British and they're angled at at, at Islam. The the argument, the the battle. The remember they would stop trains and the Hindus would get on and murder all the Muslims and vice versa. And actually, when uh, when Gandhi, when when independence comes, the wars really begin. The real the real attacks on one another begin. And that's why they had to. Se- that's why they had to separate Bangladesh. I, w- I was trying to understand a lot of this, and I asked a lot of very intelligent Indian mm-hmm. people what they thought about the British, mm-hmm. and if the Brit brutalized them, generally speaking, during their occupation, yeah. uh, colonialization, mm-hmm. and nobody thought so. They they exploited them. They exploited them economically, of course, but there wasn't you know well, brutal th- repression and that. Well, sort of there was a time that they called in the time of the Raj, the White Raj, and. It depends on who you read. I mean, I agree with you, but it's it's where it is. I I tell you what, Rusty, this is a great phone call, man. You you earned your place. Thank you very much for your time. All right. Yeah. Be safe. All right. Three zero three six nine six nineteen seventy one. Twin Aspen Dental Center believes that preventive and and proactive dental care is the best way for you to enjoy a healthy smile as long as possible, and sometimes. You might need what they call tooth replaced or a tooth replaced. Now, a fractured root, a failed root canal, a permanent tooth that never grew in can leave you with that annoying gap that you want filled. Doctors Richter and Snyder always take time to hear your concerns and come up with the plans that are right for you, taking a conservative approach. And they always tell patients that the impact of a single tooth solution for a single tooth problem. They're, they're ours. I, I think these guys are the best. For your for your convenience, they accept most dental insurance plans and even offer a reduced-fee dental membership plan that allows individuals and families to receive preventative care in addition to quality dental treatment at, re, at very reduced prices. Our friends, my kids go there, we go there, I go there. Take the first step towards keeping your smile great and getting a better smile. TwinAspenDentalCenter.com. And find out more. TwinAspenDentalCenter.com. Pick up the phone and call them at 303-841-7466. 303-841-7466. 303-841-7466. center.com well, A couple of things that need to be read. Uh, oh, I love you. Do you believe the assertion Jimenez makes that Matthew Shepard knew his killers? Oh, Absolutely. They were lovers. There's no question about that. Um, it's about using Islam and the Muslim faith to take what you want. Uh, Peter never misses a chance to hammer Christianity. Uh, it's not hammering. It's like the truth is there. And that notion that runs through history that everybody else's God is... Um, Everybody else's God is a phony except my God. Uh, that, that's the one that jams you up. 303-696-1971. Lou, we want to break? Take the break and come back. Hang on, 710 KNUS.
Good morning, everyone. It's a Saturday, and uh, my riding partners are calling. Looks like it's a motorcycle afternoon. Tomorrow, 63. It'll be a motorcycle morning. Monday, 65 degrees. It's back to work. 710 KNUS. We are Denver's talk station. Uh, next week, it's 60 years on Kennedy. That's amazing. We'll look at the JFK assassination. Today, that book on Starkweather was just the best. The temperature is dropping, and snow is finally in the mountains, and that means the start of ski season. Winter Park opened. I got my pass, but I haven't gone skiing yet. And that's why it's time to get your skis and boards for a tune-up or better finally time, maybe new gear. I saw John Marriott this week. You owe it to yourself to pay a visit to Larson Ski and Sport. Now, his son Jack works there. This kid's amazing. He really was the master blaster on boots. Just located south of I-70 on Kipling, so whether you rent equipment or you want to own it, these are my guys. I haven't gotten new boots in like seven or eight years. And the technology has changed for the better. And this may be, the, they may, this may be, not maybe, this will be the new boot time. They're absolutely committed to making your ski experience the absolute best. Larson's is so convenient. You can stop on the way up the hill or stop on the way home. Big wooden building next to the Crab Shack south of I-70 on Kipling. John uh, John Marriott, Paul, everybody at Larson's, the absolute experts at everything you need for winter sports. So you're, you're going westbound on I-70, come to the Kipling exit, come down the ramp, make a left, come back under I-70, come up the other side, look to your right. You'll see the Crab Shack, and then right next to that, for seven days a week, the big wooden box building, and that's our friends at Larson's. Renting, make sure with your kids, uh, most importantly, your grandkids, you rent because their feet are going to be bigger next year. John and the guys know they have side-cut skis, goggles, helmets, whatever you want or need. Seven days a week, Larson, L-A-R-S-O-N, Ski and Sport, south of I-70 on Kipling. It's LarsonSport.com. All right, we go to line three, I think, one, two, three, yeah. It's Don. Don, you're on a radio show. Good morning. Good morning to you, and thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. Um I'm, I'm, I was born in Omaha and raised there, and, and uh, I was 18 years old when Stockweather oh. started his killing down in Lincoln. But we were just as scared up in Omaha as as the people around Lincoln, because uh, nobody knew where Stockweather yes. was. Yes. And I thought I was an expert on him. I read everything mm-hmm. that the newspapers produced. Mm-hmm. And when they, the, the uh, gentleman who wrote the book said that he killed uh, her little sister. I thought it was her little brother. And Charlie Stockweather had a reputation when he went pheasant hunting that he shot, there's a reputation now, that he shot the birds in the head so he wouldn't have to clean the buckshot out of them. So uh, I, I, I got to check back at the newspaper to see if it was a brother or sister. It was a little girl. And it actually, a, actually, it was it was her sister, sister and, that, yes, and uh, her sister, her mother. Well, that, that's better yet. It was her stepfather, her biological mother, and right, her her half sister. Yes. No, you're right. And one more thing: there was a, a murder, a gas station guy killed uh, attendant before the, the, the about yes. six weeks before, but Charlie would not admit to that. But according to Harry, he did that. He he he, he killed eleven people, ten with her, but uh, one on his own, and that was the gas station guy. 
According, That'd be darn. Yeah. No, the, okay. especially for you and Daryl and people that lived it. Uh, the book is Stark Weather. And as Harry said, it's November, I think he said, the 28th. It's out. But I, I, was, a, I was a kid in Pittsburgh. I don't know how old I was. And well, we well, won- you're you're about you're close to I'm eighty four, so you're about eighty two or eighty. No, I'm eighty. But okay. I remember, you know, we would it was I would read it in the papers or it was on TV or something, and and we weren't afraid of it because it was so far away. But when I talked, Daryl and I used to talk, and Daryl lived in fear of stark weather, and of course Harry did as well. They and you did, oh, you did as well. Us, yeah, yeah. And one more thing. Uh, when he got caught in Wyoming, he had killed the last victim in Wyoming, and a guy stopped to help, and they started uh, mm-hmm. uh, fighting, and the guy fought back and was fighting, and, and a highway patrol or a sheriff come over the hill, and that's when Charlie took off, and, and Carol Ann Fugate, uh, she, she was screaming, that mm-hmm. he, it's a murder, murder, and, uh, and that the sheriff or highway patrol chased him, Shot the back window out. He got nicked in the ear with glass and surrendered. He ran. Here's a, a mass murder. Uh, Mister Brave going to die. Uh, take me out. You got. I'll never surrender. He got nicked and surrendered. Well, according to Harry, he was out of ammunition. He had. He had. He had. He was. He was dry. And oh, okay. Uh, and so he pulled. Now I again, and I, I I go with Harry on all of these things, but that he pulled over. But he never he never fought the death penalty. He he admitted he did it, and he yep. you know he never so. He's and they a, didn't they didn't last that long. And, uh, and it, it was about a year and a half, and he was gone. Oh, I think sooner than that. But they the interesting thing back to James Dean, which I after I read Starkweather, well, wait a minute, there's a picture of Charlie Starkweather, and, and I got the paperback, um, and he looks dead. Like James Dean, or James Dean knocked him off, or and then J- he's James Stark in uh, Rebel Without a Cause. Woof. Well, and, and nothing. I didn't know he was only five foot five. I oh, thought well, he was bigger. So little uh, guy. Yep. Okay. Well, thanks for taking. Now, the call. my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you Bye. very much. Um, let me see. Islam didn't come until 700 A.D. That's true. Um, New religions come all the time. God promised Abraham that Israel would belong to the Jews to the end of time. That now, that's why you got to read theology and got to read who believes what. So, and again, I'm not saying any of this is true. I'm just telling you perceptions and and reading. So in Islam, uh, as you know the story, um, Abraham Abraham has a wife, Sarah. And she cannot give him the the son that he needs, the heir that she, the heir to the throne. Um, so Hagar is a uh, a handmaiden, if you would, a servant of Sarah. And Sarah gives permission, if that's part of it, to Abraham to have a child. And lo and behold, Hagar has a baby a boy who was named Ishmael. And then suddenly, in a miracle, Sarah is pregnant and has a son, Isaac. So when you read uh, the Torah, uh, the, uh, the, the, when you read Torah or you read the Christian Bible, 
the the flow from Abraham, and remember, these are all Abrahamic religions, and the flow goes through, uh, goes from when Abraham is told to take a firstborn son up and, and sacrifice the son. Now, the Muslims believe that that firstborn, and legitimately firstborn, was Ishmael. Uh, Judaism, Christianity believe that it was Isaac. Now, the firstborn is Ishmael, and then he is driven out, and he and his mother are driven out, and they're the the run-up to the birth of Muhammad to the beginning of Islam. On the other hand, this goes this way and then leads up to the birth of Jesus in the Christian faith. So when someone says that uh, God promised Abraham Israel will be belong to the Jews to the end of time, the Muslims don't believe that. Now, again, it's a, who believes what about who. Uh, we go to Nick. Nick, you're on a radio show. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Um, I just, uh, um, I'm very impressed with your knowledge of history, and uh, but I just have a couple of uh, things that I disagree with you with. Sure, it's true that most religions basically say the same thing: they are the true God, and God promised them this, and God promised them that. In Western faith, so, remember that's Western faith because Eastern faith is based totally on an other other concepts. Right. But I will give uh, the credit to the Christian religion that I think it has revolved or evolved a lot more than the Muslim faith. And uh, uh, we don't go around, at least it hasn't happened for a while, we didn't go around in crusades killing people saying you have to believe in our God. And the major problem that the Muslims have, that the previous, not the previous, but the person before that talked to you about, is Islam needs a serious reformation. They'd had one, and it went the other way. Yeah, well, then they need another one. Well, I mean, but the, the point is, like again, the dynamics of it. I love your call. When Christianity has to face two people, one's Henry, the other one's Luther. Well, out of the desert comes Wahhab. And that's when things really start to change. And also, remember, the Iranians, who are not Arabs, they're Shia, and that's different than the Sunnis. And it, there's a lot of differences that to the Western world, oh, no, they're all the same. And, and they really aren't. They don't see it all the same. Oh, that's true. But I'm just saying when you look, when you look at what's happening now, the real problem in my mind, and I might be short-sighted, mm. but the real problem is there are way too many Muslims that condone or look the other way when these mass killings happen. They don't, I have not heard any prominent, some, uh, somebody in the Muslim <laughs> faith condemn what happened in Israel. I have not heard one person and, say and, what and, happened And don't expect wrong. it. I mean, I don't, when, when the United States, when we get into Desert, desert Shield, Desert Storm, and Saddam was uh, and was trying to play the A card. He was firing scud rockets into into Israel. And he knew that if the Israelis were to they say go downtown, if they were to join in and bomb Baghdad, the whole coalition would fall apart because then the Arabs 
or Muslims and or both would instantly turn on the state of Israel because they were a far greater enemy in their minds. And so what the United States of America did under George Herb, not Herbert Walker is we collectively, by taxing, we paid the Israelis not to join the fight. And they were sitting on, uh, on the runways with their canopies up, and they were good to go. And, and Bush knew, and the Israelis weren't going to take the hit, but then they took the hit. If you remember, they were firing scuds into, into Tel Aviv. They were firing scuds into Israel, and the Israelis bit down on their, on their lip and, and waited it out because they knew if they joined in the fight, then that everybody would turn on them. Well, let, let me just give you something else. I, I, I believe that uh, Christianity, with all its faults, mm-hmm. with all the things, terrible things that happened in the name of sure. Christ. I understand. And there's that old story that Christ would never join any of the existing churches today. <laughs> it's like Jefferson. It's like Jefferson. If Jefferson were brought back, he'd call for revolution. Yes, he would. I mean, I think he said that... Uh, what you really need, every generation yep. needs a good revolution to clean yeah, out all right. the crap in the closet. That's right, the, the blood. And he's absolutely right. Uh, the, he is the, absolutely no. right, well, in my opinion. Mine, too. <laughs> mine but too. Uh, I lost my train of thought. No, you were know. talking oh. about Christianity vis-a-vis or versus. And I think Christianity has evolved a lot more than the Islam faith, and I don't think the majority of Christians, or who say they're Christians, say that we need to embark on a crusade. I know that's a terrible word to use no. in today's word, but no. uh, I don't think what people would support going into another country and say, look, uh, you you conform or we kill you. But we've done how they perceive it. What was Afghanistan about? What was Iraq, what was Iraq about? When, when the United States of America shows up, and again, if you read what's available today, those Afghans had no clue. The, the Pashtuns and others, they had no idea well, what, what this was about. And so they, they see it, and again, you may not, but they do. And what's the worst thing, by the way, the worst thing they can call you? Do you know what it is? If they what want, is it? A crusader. Well, yeah. well they, anyway, uh, as far as that whole, that was all George Bush's making, and unfortunately, but, George Bush including Biden, have no concept of history I agree. or what's gone before. They just don't. And if they did, they would have never, if they had gone into Afghanistan, they would have gone in and cleaned out the training camp where these no, people were being trained. They, listen, they, it was long gone. They were probably, um, he's gone into Pakistan within 30 days. He crosses well, out if of, that is true, if they had already changed, if they already closed up those camps, we shouldn't have gone into Afghanistan at no, all. But it, it should have been know, it should have been a, a war for special operations, you know. Yes. And they, yes. and but it not when they started bombing and they started doing those things. All they did, and again, it's the same thing. It's going to happen again. You kill one Afghan, you get two for free. You kill two, you get four, and that was part of what the Pentagon Papers said about uh, Southeast Asia, that you could not beat a, you couldn't beat a birth rate. They, and, it, and that goes back to the early parts of the so-called protracted war in the third world, the war, wars of national liber, liber, uh, li, learn, learn to talk today, 
national liberation um, in the third world. And you don't, as long as they say, as long as we don't lose, we will win. And Exactly right. And now, they're, exactly caught right. Up, and and now the, they're caught up. The major mistake we made in Vietnam, remember the whiz kids and McNamara. Of course you guys, do. Yeah. They, 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 they felt that America was strong enough yep. and had more technology yep. that they could beat a third world country. And what they found out is that it's very difficult to win a war against somebody who doesn't really care about casualties as long as they oh. win at the end. And what it was with Ho and Gap and others is they had done that with the Japanese. They had done it to the French. Remember, they defeat the French at Dien Bien Phu. It's over. And then John Foster, Dallas, and everybody else gets back into it. But they had won, and they had done it before. They'd done it, they'd done it twice. They did it once, apparently, against the Chinese. These are, these are, war, well, the, these are warlike people. If, if, we, if we ever get any enlightened leaders in this country, they should realize that there are huge swaths of this world that don't see the world the way we do, That's so right. we should stay out. Just stay out. If you're in a room, because I should. All we do is we all we do is make things worse. If I was in, if we were in a room together, I'd shake your hand. You take care of yourself, man. Thank you Bye-bye. very much. All right, uh, our friends, Danny Kaplis, man, and his law firm, believed to be the only. Danny's the only lawyer in Colorado history to win five straight multimillion-dollar jury verdicts in motor vehicle crash cases. And his partners and a lot of these guys come out of the DA's offices, and they won the largest truck crash jury verdict in Colorado history. The firm's history of seven- and eight-figure settlements and verdicts speak for themselves. It's a firm where good people from all walks of life without regard to ability to pay and receive the same legal representation, of course, that the rich and powerful enjoy. Dan's a good man. Kaplis believes that talk's cheap, experience counts, results matter. The firm would be happy to share with you its track record of outstanding jury verdicts out of court settlements. Uh, Kaplis's law firm says a, it says a lot. I mean, Dan carries sway, man. So the Kaplis firm believes... Who you hire says a lot about who you are to everybody involved in the case. They suggest you choose a law firm that shares your values. The firm believes that its core values have been the foundation of historic success, faith, integrity, hard work, and dedication to righteous causes. If you need Dan's help, and, of course, it's a, it's a question, 303 770 5551 or hit dancaplislaw.com. <laughs> and you talk about a giant load, that is a giant load. It is interesting, and then I'll do something, and we'll go back to the final phone calls. The great hist- historians or people that were to understand war, Lao Tzu, von Clausewitz, they had, they had one lesson that ran through everything. Understand your enemy. Understand the, the war aims of your enemy. Know them. 
George Bush and Dick Cheney had no idea who those Afghans were. Um, Lyndon Johnson had no idea who those people were in Southeast Asia. Now, they understood the Japanese and they had a pretty good firm grip on what the Germans were about. But that's where you have wars without end. It's called no aim. David Ellis, you heard me talk about the man taking valuables to David Ellis Jewelers to get a fortune in cash. Holiday gift giving is coming up. Secure an appraisal from David for all the valuables you have tucked away in your home. It's still true. Share the reasons to see David in case you don't have a Rolex watch, rare coins, or silver tea sets. See David Ellis for all your most meaningful gift-giving occasions. David's Jewelers and David himself. The right idea, just the right price for special people, and that means so much. An antique watch, an emerald pennant, a gold necklace, a diamond ring. This trusted jeweler has been buying precious metals and antiques in Colorado for decades. Dazzling cases filled with hundreds of new and used pieces for your loved ones, and they will treasure them. See the man. David David Ellis Jewelry, see for yourself. Look for the black awning on the corner of 3rd and Clayton and Cherry Creek. The black awning is there. Explore davidellisjewelry.com. Call David if you wish, 303-322-8779. 3rd and Clayton, Cherry Creek, six days a week. He is my friend. All right, let's go to, as we come up to an end, Dave, you might be the last caller of the morning. Thank you, and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Peter. I'm a historian, not as great as you, but I'm looking backwards, not at this concept, but 1973. Remember that sneak attack on Israel? Of course. I mean, haven't they done this back and forth to each other? Yeah. But the big difference, to my mind, was Golda Meir. What a hero in my eyes. Okay. And I think she handled this very, very differently. She took responsibility, and I think she resigned. She did. After- I was going to say, I was t- tied up. She she walked away. Yeah. Netanyahu, I can't figure him out. It's like a poker player, you know. He don't, I think Netanyahu right now, if you read the polls inside of Israel, yeah. the polling, he's in trouble. He's in, oh, yeah. He's in big trouble because... I think six months of the uh, he got caught with. Well, what was he? I think I'm not saying he he almost let it happen, but a uh, pretext for going in. One, one after, of the, what, I was very cynical, but <laughs> well, one of the things that I read, again, not that it's true, but the is apparently the Egyptians may have given them a heads up three days. I heard be, that too be, before it started, but yeah, or maybe they didn't want to believe it, or yeah, this the, the same. I, I think he's, that was a, that was a uh, Osama deal too. Remember, there were people oh, that yeah. told the Clintons about Osama, and right. of course, nothing was done. Yeah, no, I, I think who, who's head of the Labor Party because that could be the next Prime Minister of Israel. Well, remember the Knesset's a parliament, and so they they right. don't elect a head. Um, no, but go ahead. Which I think I mean, yeah, he's been good to the U.S. He's a smart, smart guy, but smart people do very stupid things. Uh, but you know, they no matter what it happened, no matter what the the, the brutal attack happened, and that's yeah. that sets it all off again. But the real the real question I think here is: can number one, can there ever be peace? Which is really doubtful. Number two, you know, the, the world now is turning on Israelis. 
Oh, yeah. And they're talking about having these pauses and timeouts. You give those guys a pause or a timeout, they're just going to reload. Oh, yeah. I, well, I think he'll be out, but who's going to be in? That's really interesting. Well, somebody's going to – there has to – there will be – you can almost bet there will be a peace candidate. And, yeah. And what will happen from there. I got the music. It's a great way to end the show. Okay. Everybody, um, I know. I know. I know all the things you say. Um, have a let that. I don't even want to read it going out the door. Louie, thanks. Everybody, back here next Saturday on, spend a lot of time on the Kennedy assassination. It's still the most intriguing part of all of that. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.